You're listening to Awakening with Rabbi Ami Silver on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Ami as he shares from the wellsprings of Jewish spiritual teaching and practice and guides us on a path of healing, transformation, and awakening to experiencing the divine. And we were looking last week at the, the Mishnah of how to prepare to pray. Yeah, the basic hachanal tefillah, and the, more particularly the kind of state that Chazal says that we we should be in, from which we can pray. Right. So Chameim in Mishnah Brachot Parakei said, "Ein omdim lihitpalel ela mitoch kovid rosh." You don't step into tefillah. You don't stand up to daven, and with, unless you have a certain degree of an awareness of the gravity of what's what's happening in this moment and all this is about. We saw the the Hasidim Rishonim how you shayim sha'achat mitpalim k'dei lechaven libam v'makom. The early Hasidim, the ones who exerted extra investment and and strength into their avoda, went above and beyond. They would sit for an hour before davening. Sit in silence, to direct their heart, align their hearts with presence, with the place. We saw Yaakov Avinu, Hamakom, being a name for God, that God is the place of the world. The world is not the place of God. This is all uh, just very, very, very brief um, rehashing of some of the things we said last week. This week I want to continue looking into this idea of Makom. And um, because we see that hamakom does not only mean something that exists outside of me. God is the place of the world. The world is not the place of God. So one way to conceive of that, like even just mentally, it's like, okay, so what? As far as the stretches of the expanses of the universe, God surrounds that and encompasses that. That that's within God. That's a very kind of like literalist way to, to perceive it. Right? Um, I'm not saying it's not one way to, to interpret it, but it's, it's a very kind of concrete way of thinking of it. But this is more than being bigger than. Okay. Means that, that the, the fundamental context, backdrop, ground of all that exists is the Kadosh Baruch Hu. Is the divine reality? Who The not only the encompassing place, but what gives reality to anything that exists? This is this is the the, the divine ground of all that exists. anything that is, anything that that happens, and that includes then any of our own, not only happenings in the world around us, but also our own inner experiences are happening in that very same context. There's a place for this. If there's a place for this, so this is within divine reality. That the, the reality behind the reality is, is the divine. The place behind the place, the place at the core of all that is, 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 is a divine source. So... With this in mind, I want to want to look at the Mikorot today that that points to the makom not just being the physical space we occupy, which is what we saw the halacha. You know, the 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 say 
you should come to shul and sit before you start davening. You should sit silently. But not only sit silently in a physical space, you should also sit, and there should be an internal alignment, which is bring your awareness to the presence and bring your awareness to the divine presence. And then you can start to pray. That's the basic hachana latfila. So let's look at the first makor here. When, when the Gemara brachot, Daflam and Bet Amud Bet, starts to discuss that line in the mission of the Hasidim Rishonim, they ask, Where does this idea come from, the Hasidim Rishonim, to sit for an hour before davening? Pasuk says, Happy are the ones who sit in your house. Okay? After they sit in your house, then they, then they pray. Now, I didn't bring the whole Gemara here, but the, the next lines of the Gemara actually expand this practice to not only be something that these you know, special people of yesteryear used to do, but they say, Hamit Palel, anyone who davins needs to sit for Sha'achat Nifnei Tfilah, well, it's different Kirsah, different, different ways that different Chachamim say it, needs to sit before davening and also needs to sit after davening. That the, the, the practice of sitting in silence is something that extends to everybody as a normative halacha, which, again, if you look in the Shulchan Aruch, you look in the, in the Ramam, it's brought, and you sit before davening, and it's, that's kind of leaning on the Pasuk, Ashrei Yoshvei I come to get happy sitting in God's house. That's the beginning point to be able to then pray. And the, the Pasuk that they bring for afterwards is, Ach Tzadikim Yodu Lishmecha, which is brought in the end of the, the Siddur, Yeshvu Yesharim Et Panecha. Yeshvu Yesharim Et Panecha means they're sitting in the presence of your face. So the reason that Pasuk is brought in some Siddurim after the end of the is because it's to anchor us in that practice of, I finished davening, I have to sit in my place now again. I have to, before I leave davening, I have to also connect myself to the presence of God that, that I've been interacting with. So, I want to bring here now from the the Siddur Shara Shemayim of the Shla. Um, he 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 brought he wrote a siddur. It's basically a commentary on Alt And look look at what he brings on, on the language Ashrei Yoshevitzacha. Katav Morenu Haramami Pano. Mipano was one of the great Mukubalim of the 16th century. The Ramami Pano says Yoshevi Bivetacha Lo Neamar Ela Beitacha. The pasuk doesn't say Happy are ones who sit in your house. It doesn't say Ashrei Yoshevi Bivetacha. It says, Asher Yoshvei Beitecha. Happy are the ones who sit your house. Ki atzadikim atzmam hechal Hashem v'kisei Hashem. Ramam Ipanu says it's because tzadikim are themselves the chamber of God and the throne of God. He's going to go on to explain more, but but he's giving a parish. What does it mean that those who sit in God's presence are the house. They're sitting, and in sitting in your presence, God, they are creating a house for you. Because he says, Tzadikim are the space of God. <coughs> it says at, 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 um, in Shiratayam, this is my God, the word Naveh means a home. 
I'm going to vanveyu means I will make a home for God. And he goes on, right? With the Mishkan, God says, make a Mikdash and I will dwell among them. It doesn't say I will dwell in that building you built for me. I will dwell among the people who create a space for me. <coughs> they themselves are the temple, are the chamber of Hashem. He links it to the rest of the Pasuk, which is that to inhabit the space of God or to be a space for God in this world leads, the natural outgrowth of that is that it leads one to praise and to express um, express praise over the divine that they are in close contact with. <clears throat> so already, what we see, what we see the Shla, really the Ramami Pano saying here, is there's a way to sit in God's presence where you become the place where God is present. And if we think about it, you know, it's, uh, like we didn't just be like, okay, this is like some far out Kabbalist speaking far out Kabbalah. But, but part of what it's this is built on is it's it's a it's a limiting perspective for us to to talk about Hashem and Avodat Hashem as something that's like merely, that's merely objective. That's based on on interaction between two objects that are separate, right? I have a mitzvah. God from God's throne or whatever you whatever, what have you commands me to do something I go do it God is happy <clears throat> I go to the place that's mukdash for <coughs> tefillah and so then that's like a holy place and that is one part of the story but there's a, another part of the story here where if we take seriously the concept of divinity and even in the way that Chazal is speaking about, so it's something that suffuses and includes our subjective experience as well. My, my awareness is also part of the place of God. It's not just like that over there, that building, that act, that ritual. It's not a disembodied, detached engagement. We relate to it that way, and you can relate to it that way, and do all the mitzvot, and you could be a good Jew that way. You know, it's, that's what. But it's it's that's only one layer of it. And what what the what what the Ramami Pano Bichlau with the the Mukubalim or people who are taking a, a deeper perspective on Torah mitzvot are doing are are uncovering deeper and more expansive layers of the very same thing that we're seeing. In brought the Mishnah and the Halacha and, and in, in normative practice, it's, it's it's uncovering the deeper meaning and and points of access. Like, what does it look like to be in a fully suffused, in a more fully suffused experiential relationship with God, doing the avoda that that's described in the Mishnah and that's brought in the Shulchan Aruch? Because again, I could just show. Oh, it says to sit. It says to sit a little bit. Okay. Okay. Did I do it? I did it. But what did I do? I did the the behavior. 
But but what, what's being uncovered here, and, and as we'll see more in the Makor of the Kam, is that this statement, this perspective of Mikomo Shalalam is a perspective that we can, and that is meant to really be more fully embodied in an experiential way, and in a way that can bring us into close and intimate dialogue with our divine source. Bichla, what is kavana? What's kavana? It's something that engages my awareness and attention and and feeling experience. It's it's something that engages my sub, my subjectivity, me myself and my experience of what I'm doing. And tefillah without kavana is basically doing actions that are disconnected from my internal experience. And tefillah bechavana or kavana the tefillah is bringing my internal experience to not only to bear on the actions that I'm doing, but, but in some ways to become the central place that I'm engaging with while I'm doing this. We, we spoke even in the earlier shurim that lihit palel is a, reflect, is a reflexive verb. It's something that we are doing within ourselves. Something that is happening internally. We speak, we do the we do we do actions and we engage in a in an outward fashion, but the activity of tefillah is happening within us. So the next next makor here is the Ben Yehoyada. Um, we've seen him before. This is the Ben Ishchai's um, perush on on Shas on Gemara, and here he's he's commenting on Masecha Brachot Daf Vav Amud Aleph. The Gemara says, "Kol Hakovei Makom LeTfilatol Okei Avraham Yebeezrael." Anyone who establishes a place for their tefillah, the God, God of Abraham, will be there to help them. And the Gemara learns this from this, the story of Avraham and Akash speaking with about Masa Sdom, right? Before Sdom, Avraham comes and negotiates with God. And then after, the next day, it says Avraham wakes up and returns to the place that he stood before God. So Chazal learns from that the idea of kviat makom tefillah. You go to the same place to pray. And we see this in practice, right? That's my seat in shul. That's where I like to sit. That's my shtender, whatever. <laughs> but the Ben Yishchai says, "Nirali b'siyata d'shmaya makom amiuchad l'tfila hu halev." What is the makom that is uniquely reserved for tefila? What's the the special spot, the special place of tefila? It's the heart. What does it mean? It doesn't just mean you go physically to the same place. It means that you enter into the space of the heart to pray. He says, well, but however, so tefillah, he's saying the place of tefillah, where does tefillah actually take place? It's in the heart. But there are people, sometimes I dive with kavana, sometimes I don't. He says, this is the opposite. This is what Chazal is re- reacting to. There's, there's, there are people who are not the heart isn't a place that they return to every time to pray. But somebody who's always in in their hearts, somebody who brings a heart awareness to tefillah every time they daven, they create a makom. They, they awaken their Mind, their attention, the sensitivities and awareness of the heart to their 
present activity, their present experience, what they're doing when they daven. That's what it means to be kovei makom for tefillah. He goes on. He says why? Why he explains why he why this is especially a quality of Avraham Avinu. But what I want to bring here is that is is again to to see how the the language of being praying in makom of tefillah taking place in makom is not limited to our physical surroundings. The physical surroundings are part of the picture, an important part of the picture. And this is one of the beautiful things that <coughs> Bichlal, the, the path of Torah, um, involves, is that there's, a, there's an attempt to engage the totality of, of existence here. We want to engage our surroundings, our, you know, just think of what, what goes into you know, the, the layers of... Um, even in the halachic writings, the layers of, of requirements for tefillah. There's physical space that's required. There's time that's, that's, that, that, that is taken into consideration. There's body posture. There's clothing. There's what direction you're facing. We're engaging environment, space and time, body. And then there's emotional, subjective experience that we're engaging too of kavanah balev. Right? All of these are forming the total picture. But what I'm, what I'm, what I'm, what these makars are showing us is that that the ikar makom, really the, the 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 goal of all of these instructions, so to speak, and all of these um, things that we do to enter into tefillah is 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 to enable us to daven in the place that tefillah is meant to be taking <coughs> happening, which is the place of the heart. Now, the heart, you might think, so sometimes we hear, okay, so what? So am I just like t- talking and thinking to myself? Is it like some kind of like self-talk in that case? Is it just like, and it's an inward-focused fila? I'm just speaking with myself here? Is it some kind of self-help uh, pop psychology? You know, tell myself nice things? So, what, 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 what we'll see here is that the, the basically what I started by saying earlier is that subjective experience. We, this is also teaching us that our, our idea of subjective experience being something separate from a dialogue with God is 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 also a misguided conception, at least according to our teachings. We're going to look at Rabbi Nachman, but in order to get to Rabbi Nachman, I brought a quote here from, from the Midrash Rabbah that, that I think he's also relating to. Midrash Yerashim Rabbah says, Amar bar Abba, Echan matzinush baruchu liban Yisrael. Where do we find that God is called the heart of Yisrael? Min hadein kra dikhtiv tzur elokim leolam. Says in Tehillim, that God is forever the rock of my heart, and my portion, or the rock, my heart, my portion. <clears throat> Surah could also be my creator. <laughs> Where do we know that Kashvarku is called Liban Shah Yisrael? 
look at Rabbi Nachman does it. Does it okay? This is a, a short but <coughs> a short teaching from the Kuti Marantiniana, the second portion of the Kuti Maran. That it's short, but it's something that I don't know. Maybe we should print this on little cards and like be able to to read it. It's short. It means you can read it, uh, you know, in all of twelve seconds. But just to take it in again and again and again. Rabbi Nachman says, "Kshiyesh Adam lev." Which here is the rest of the same. When a person has a heart, if I only had a heart, when a person has a heart, the concept of space doesn't apply to that person because they are the place of reality. Because godliness is in the heart. As it says, God is the the rock of my heart. Or my heart is the rock. Right? If we want to take it, I think, in, in the more radical way of Rabbi Nachman and even the Midrash Rabbah is reading it. Tzur Levavi means my heart is the same as the Tzur, that ground of being, that very rock of existence. Or the Yotzer, the Creator. This is identified with my heart. Tzur Levavi. V'etzal Hashem Yibarach Ne'amar, Hineh Makomiti, Shehu Mekomosha Olam, Ve'ino Olam Mekomo, What did God say to Moshe Rabbeinu? Here there's space with me. And Chazal learns from that. By saying makom iti, that God says the space is with me, is that all place, all place. If you have a place, it means that you're you're with God. All place pertains to the divine reality. And 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 therefore, God is not the divine is not confined to what we see as our world. But Adraba, our world is, is within God, and if I have a place, not just that I have a physical place, but if if I have a heart, you know, Rabbi says it so beautifully. Now he said, What do you mean do you have a heart? You're not you're you can't be a living human being without a heart. Everyone has a heart. What does it mean? What does it mean to have a heart? Clearly it doesn't mean that you're, you know. All the pieces are of your anatomy are in the are, are in the right place or functional. It means something else. Whenever we talk about the heart, we don't just mean the organ. In 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 every language that I know, but the heart is the base of feeling. It's connected to. It's the place where, where, where mind, emotion, care, awareness all kind of meet. And I would say the, there's a good reason that when we talk about things like cares and emotions and, and, and emotional experience, we use the word heart. Because physiologically, that stuff gets reflected through how our heart works in our body, right? My my emotional state is reflected in my heartbeat and my pulse rising and, and lowering in, in the way that it that the the you know my, my breath is is 
quickening or it's softening or it's being cut out all together in fear. The flow of blood in my body, the sensations that are associated with and triggered by emotional response. All of that gets, in a sense, the heart is the, is the processing. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not good with computer lingo. You could tell me what's the... The CPU. The CPU, thank you. Central processing unit. unit. The heart is the CPU for, for my experience. The motherboard. Motherboard. It's, uh, it's a nicer word. There's the Lev Lamala and Lev Lamata. There's the, the Ima, Ima Ila and, uh, and Tata. Nimsa Mishayeshlo Lev Yisraeli Ein Ra'uilo Lomar Shemakom Zein Tov Lefinam. Look what Rabbi Nachman says about this. Somebody who has a Lev Yisraeli, he says, it's not appropriate to say, this place is not good for me. Ki ain't shayach etzlo makom klav. Because if you have a heart, which, in my words, if you in your, again, in inner subjective personal experience of life, you're filled with life, you feel alive, which is, I think, the most basic way to say the difference between someone who has a heart and someone who doesn't, right? You're not shut down, you're not numbed, to your experience, if you have a heart, you're alive, you are mikomoshel olam. That is where whatever it is, is taking place within you and your ability to experience life in this moment. And so I'm saying, so don't, don't be, don't limit ourselves to the perspective of makom, me having a place in this world, there being space for my experience rests on, depends on some of some external factors, right? Am I in tune with the current of life right now? You're doing just fine. <clears throat> you don't have to run and find some other place to make that, you know, have have space in this reality. And, and I would say, I would say, on, on another level, we are taught so much to to not validate or not regard our our inner experience we're taught so much that the, the defining um, you know standards about what is good right successful okay <coughs> acceptable depends on things outside of ourselves right that are cultural norms, family norms, judgments that we've absorbed and internalized. And, and, and what all of that does is it does not allow us to welcome and validate and, and appreciate and actually connect with our own internal experience. Right? We're taught over and over again to push it aside. Zeloha davar. This isn't what's important. It's just, it's just what you feel. And I think if we, you know, this perspective is like, well, well, what else is there? What is something that is more primary than that? So what we're saying here is that the makom halev is... 
I mean, it's like it's a radical thing to say. It, it is mikomoshel olam. You're looking for in, the, in his in his context here. You're looking for God. Look no further. You're feeling the the pulse of life within you. Here's God. Your tzur halev. Your former, your creator, the creator of all. You know, just, just even sometimes just stuff, do you ever just like stuff for a moment, just like let yourself feel your heart beating inside of you? What's making my heart beat right now? What is breathing life, animating my entire, the entirety of me? And you know what? I can sit with my heartbeat and feel that immediate presence of life. And I can also then even expand that. And like, oh, your heart is beating too. And your heart is beating too. And your hearts are beating. And there's billions of human hearts beating. And you know what? The frogs, their hearts are beating too. And the dolphins, their hearts are beating. And the birds. The crocodiles. The snakes. The cows. Like the symphony of life, this is this is this is God singing, singing the world alive in this moment. So that's just another even access way into this this kind of of the Shevet Bamakom, the Chaven Libi Lamakom. The Chaven Libi Lamakom on the one hand is an outward kavana, on the other hand, the Chaven Libi Lamakom here is Direct my attention to my heart. That is the makom. I'm creating makom tefillah by opening my heart to what is here right now and inhabiting that heartfelt experience. And the more I give it attention, the more that awareness spreads into my skin and I feel that, I don't know, I feel tingling in my in my back and my hands right now. I'm smiling. I feel a little joy and energy from from being aware of this. I feel safe in my environment. I feel like life and the source of life is very close, intangible right now. I don't need to contort myself to pray to some invisible force that I don't know exactly what or where it is. It's, it's actually something I can begin to not only begin to communicate with, I'm actually communicating with right now because it's communicating with me, with my being, with this entirety, this entire space that I'm existing in right now, that we're sharing. It's not just hearts and bodies, the air molecules, the waves of the ocean. I mean, go go where you want with that. But the makom the doorway to it is the makom Is that what the Siddiquim uh, of yesteryear were doing when they were sitting before uh, uh, it's a wonderful question because the Gemara doesn't tell us more than what it tells us what I'm trying to do is piece together the teachings from those earlier Makarot and later Makarot that are seeming to flesh out directions that extend out from what 
the very scant information we're given in the Mishnah, just that they would sit in the Chaveni Balamukha. That's all we're told. What we're told is that they sat for an hour before davening, that they davened for an hour afterwards, and that they sat for an hour afterwards. And that they were engaged in this practice of preparation for tefillah, tefillah, and post-tefillah for nine hours a day. And on the very basic level, what it's telling us, and the fact that we take that practice and we codify it as, as normative halacha, to sit before, to sit after, to daven with kavanah, even if it's a totally different scale, what it's teaching us is the, the core of our daily devotion is a deep, engaged, immersive spiritual practice. It is not something that you show up, check in, check out. And it's not something that is meant to be done mindlessly or um, at the expense of or to the exclusion of my own self and my experience in the moment that I'm engaging with Tefillah. These practices, the nine-hour nine hour a day Hasidim, so that is like the... That's an extreme level of devotion. But it's a what it is is a more expanded version of the more limited version that we're doing is but it's of the same it's of the same thing. We're doing what we can do of that practice. On that note, some of the Mefarshim say that the hour before tefillah, instead of sitting silently, we say Psukid Zimra and Kriyatshma. That Psukid Zimra and everything that we do leading up to the Amidah is meant to be an application or akin to the sitting for an hour before tefillah. Because what are we doing during that time? We're, we're singing praise, but we're not just saying, again, we don't start, we have to start before what we're saying. What, are, what is the content of Tzukidizimra? We're, most of it is talking about the wonders, you know, Baruch Shemar Olam. I'm, I'm basically blowing my mind on on God's creation. I'm, I'm experiencing gratitude for, for being alive. Really, the core of Sukkot is Imra is Ashrei. It's Ashrei, which is which is what the Gemara says is the is the source for sitting sitting in place before daven for preparing myself to daven sukkah zimra is meant to elicit my awareness to the wonder and my immediate contact with god's creation to to get myself emotionally energized by singing about it and and letting it into my body mind and voice and that brings us to where I expand that vision of the heavens and the angels and, and the, the broad movements of reality and the intersection between physical and, and beyond physical, material, material and spirit, and then into Ava and Kriyat Shema and, and Amida. We say these parts of Tefillah to get us into the proper state to be able to then speak to God one-on-one. Inwardly, with focused, attuned attention. That's what the Sarah Tfila is. 
And, you know, the Kabbalists have their way of, of marking that. They were working th- through the Olamot, Avasiyah, Yitzir, Bria, and, and to Atzilut, to the Amida, where we're standing in God's space and communicating in God's space. But but that's what the, what the tefillah is meant to guide us on. There's a, um, there's a, a purposeful direction to what we do that I think is, is lost on us. You know, we enter tefillah, it's just like a big blur. It's like, okay, you got to do shachri. All this is shachri, all together. Well, actually, there's different components here, and, and, it's, and it's structured and built for a very specific purpose in order to elicit and cultivate certain modes of being within us and bring us to a certain state and form of communication. This isn't me talking. This is just telling you the basics, right? We skip all the basics. We can go a whole life of not knowing the basics of what, we're do- of what we spend hours upon hours of doing, right? We're saying the, the we're davening if we're diving three times a day, we're diving over a thousand times a year. How many tens of thousands of times have I said the uh, have, I, have I said these prayers? How many hundreds of thousands of times in a lifetime? One of my friends just showed me he did a he did a calculation. He's an accountant, so I he did a very um, what he called a very tempered um, assessment of the time spent in prayer, and he only started he only did from the ages of twenty five to seventy five. And he basically said, between the ages of 25 and 75, your average from Jude spends over three years davening. And he said, and I that was a very that was a very um, what's the sort of low estimate. It's been years of our life doing this, hours of our days doing it. So we could it's worth learning about what it is, yeah. <laughs> Next Makor is from Derech HaMelech, from P.S.S. Narebi. This is from his very first, the very first drasha on the Sefer, Parsha Breshit. What the Rebbe is basically saying, in general, I brought little clips from it, in general, in this drasha, he's basically saying that all of our midot, all of our embodied experience, are, are little forms of midot elokiot. These are it's divine activity that's taking place within us. And our sort of lens of reality forms an interpretation of what our experience is. So the example he gives in the Bashantov is I walk around and I'm if I'm doing something uh, I'm doing something wrong, my basic concern is I hope nobody sees me. Right? I'm afraid somebody might see me. The Bashantov says on a deeper level, the hidden what's hidden beneath that fear is Yirat Hashem Tehora is staring in the face of God and a, a deep awe and awareness that God is is that I'm before God, but but I'm living in such a context that I get to write some of the way that 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 you know I get to create the filters of of my experience and the filters of my experience translate my fear of God into I really hope nobody sees me doing what I'm about to do, but awe is awe is awe, fear is fear is fear, and then in, in the root. All experience is rooted in, in the, the divine midot and in our connection to our divine source. And, and this, is, this is throughout the P.S.S. Torah, is that our whole avoda is about uncovering, getting closer to the root of our experiences and not being um, limited to the, to the um, either shallow or closed-off versions of, of life that we, 
that we that we exist in. Okay. So the Rebbe says, Our entire ability to pray at all. How do I have any ability to communicate with God? The, the reason I can pray, the phenomenon of prayer is built on the essential reality that God is within me always. When a person comes to pray, we need to first reveal, uncover the quality of the divine presence that has descended upon us, Aleinu, with us in exile. That, that peace of God, that divine reality that is within me, in my current state, in my exile, in my distance, in whatever it is that I am. <laughs> like we said earlier, the divine reality that, that's within me is covered over with all kinds of garments, all kinds of disguises, all kinds of different filters and colors and, and, and coverings. oto <laughs> And Aravoda is to bring her out, to bring the Shekhinah, that ground, the central divine reality, out from within her coverings, and to reveal in an expressed, revealed way for that godliness to be expressed in my prayer. Bivchinat, you got to listen to his words here, they're just something else. We all know this, from the depths I call you Hashem. From the deep places I call to you. But the Rebbe says it doesn't mean from a deep place I call to you. He says, It's Kmo Vayikrat Yosef Vayerutsuhu Minabor. It says, when Yosef gets pulled out of jail in Egypt, they call Yosef and they rush him out of the pit. When they call Yosef, they're rushing him out of the pit. Ken Koreani et Hashem, Makim Sheli. This is how I call to God. I'm calling upon God to rise up from within my very depths. I'm calling on God to emerge from the depths of myself. Hashem. Not from my crisis I'm calling to you, God, out there to pull me out. I'm calling into the deepest parts of myself for the godliness that is at the core of my being to emerge. He says it now in Yiddish to make it clearer to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> From my depth, I'm calling you, God, to come out. Come out of that, the depths of hiding within me. Let the depths of my being emerge to reveal you, my divine source. What then do I communicate with? How do I communicate with God? Through the godliness, through that divine quality that I reveal within myself. That is my mode and medium of communication. 
ואז היא סייז דן התפילה שמתפלל היא כמו שהיית בקדושת לוי על ויקרא השם השם. Then my תפילה becomes, like this is something he quotes, many places that started teaching, Reb Levi Yitzchak Mirbedivchev says, what does it mean when God says to Moshe, the Yud Gimel Midot HaRachem, Vayikra Hashem Hashem Kerachum Mechanum, right? God calls out, Hashem Hashem, Hashem Hashem. Why is the name repeated twice? Reb Levi Yitzchak says it's because God is calling to God. God is calling to God. Vayikra Hashem Hashem. Shehashem Yiborech Korela Hashem. God is calling to God. What is, what is real tefillah? <coughs> what is the, the essential possibility of tefillah? That God can call to God. That, I can, that there's a God, there's divine reality and quality that lives within me that I can access, that can communicate with divine reality within and beyond me. That the, the reality of prayer, the peace is teaching, is, is that we engage in the communication where God is communicating with God, where the divine is reaching for the divine. And my avoda is reaching deeply inward to uncover the place where God dwells within me, lift her out of exile, to communicate with the divine that, that suffuses and surrounds everything. And I get to be part of that communication. I'm going to give you just two more kind of nuggets of where this, this takes my mind, and, and then we'll close for today. The The... At the end of the construction of the Mishkan, it kind of brings us full circle, right? But the Mikdash is for God to dwell within us. The end of the construction of the Mikdash, Hashem call, it's, there's a description of Moshe entering into the Kodesh Kodashim and listening to, hearing the divine voice calling from between the Kruvim. And the, the Pasuk says, Vaishmat akol It doesn't say, Vaishmat akol Rashi makes this duke doesn't say Moshe hears the voice of God speaking subject to object, me talking to you. Moshe hears the voice of God, mit daber elav. Rashi says, mit daber, it is speaking to itself and including Moshe. Moshe's experience of nevuah is being welcomed into the space where, of God's inner dialogue, of God speaking to God. That's what Moshe is hearing. He's standing in the place, that chamber where God speaks to God. Tahom el tahom koreh lekotzinorecha. Deep calls into deep to hear the voice of your pathways. So the orientation here is 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 very different than we're used to, and and we'll we'll, we'll continue to explore this because it's something that really takes time and training and. And avoda to, to begin to even, what are you saying here, right? Because I thought tefillah is, there's words in a book and I have an obligation to go and say those words at certain times of day. And it's a nice thing if I can say those words and understand what they mean. And it's even a nicer thing if they can mean something emotionally to me and I can feel excited. That is our experience of, the normative experience of prayer. That's, that's where we've gotten to, right?
And the Rebbe's going to say, well, we'll learn the rest of the Jerusha next time we get together. The Rebbe will, will speak about this as well. But the, at the, the core of prayer, what is the core of it? At the core of it, it is not me entering an outside conversation with another that's somewhere on the farthest end of the galaxy. It's a avoda, it's a practice of shifting myself out of the mindset, you know, where I am a distinct floating subject floating through the universe that that somehow has to make time to also talk to God. But it's taking the time and getting into the space that I can shift out of that mode of experience and mode of awareness where I'm merely a separate molecule floating around, but where I'm intimately, organically connected to the entire spiritual material ecosystem of reality that is all emerging from a single source where life is being breathed into me in this moment and in everything around me. Attune myself to that dialogue starts to call it by its true name, <laughs> speak to the divine reality that's happening within me and without me, and engage in that conversation. It's taking us all the way back to Adam and the Siyah Hasadeh, the communication of the field. What the Rebbe is adding for us here, what Rebbe Nachman is, is saying, and what the Pesesner is, is pointing us to is, to engage in it in a full way is to engage in it in a full-bodied way where I can access the full experience within myself as the place where I'm communicating with God. As the makom, tefillah. Where is this conversation taking place? It's not taking place somewhere out there and I don't need some kind of high-frequency radio to hear it. I need to begin by turning inward, listening inward, eliciting my experience and bringing it out, giving it space and recognizing that this is the place. This is the experience. My, my experience itself is the, the platform of that communication between God and God. And remembering what the other thing I wanted to say, and, and we'll, we'll close here, is... This, uh, at this point, it's just a, a, a pretty remez for us to kind of add to the to the puzzle here, which is that the the Arizal speaks about all sorts of different ways to combine and configure the names of God. And one of the ways that, that that's spoken of is called der hakaa, like a col- collision, banging together. The way of of making a name collide together. In the case of the name of Yud Kevavke is you multiply Yud by Yud, you multiply He by He, you multiply Vav by Vav, you multiply He by He. What does it look like when, when God's name crashes into God's name and multiplies? Okay? You get the picture? The mathematic picture at least? Mm-hmm. So when you when you add that together, you get 10 and 25 and 36 and 25, which is 186. The Rizal teaches that Yudke Vavke colliding with Yudke Vavke creates Makom. Makom is also Gematria 186. Do the math. And 
Okay, what that what that means? We're we're, we're not going to fully chop, but but in the context of what we're speaking about here, the dimensionality, the space in which things exist, right? The mikomoshel olam, the space where there is not only divine reality but also all reality, is in a sense created by God interacting with God. Right? This communication that we're seeing in Tefillah of the Pisessor is beginning to describe just what what does it look like for God to speak with God? It opens up a merchav, a makom, for the divine to dwell in this experience, in this moment, in this space that I dwell in also. And for me to dwell in a divine space. That the very existence of dimensionality be it physical, be it experiential, on every level, makom is the unfolding of the divine encountering the divine. And tefillah is the avoda of us touching some of that within our very heart and being able to Experience, listen to, partake in part of that, the, the part of that communication, of that conversation that is our individual makom within this, this larger one. Many of these recordings are from Rabbi Ami's ongoing weekly classes given at Yeshivat Sharei Shalom in Jerusalem. For more information, go to shalom.org.il forward slash about. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Rav Daniel Kohn. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.